0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rise of Evolution Mind-Body Nutrition Podcast. This is Episode 7, Five Pillars for Health. So I got certified as a Mind-Body Psychology of Eating Health Coach in 2019, but I have been on my own journey for health and nutrition for many, many years, um, as far back as 2003, when my mom passed away from cancer. And um, so I have learned a lot in 13 years about what is important and you can focus on one piece but that really doesn't balance the table you know you need to have more than one piece of the puzzle in place to have good health and to be increasing your wellness and having what you would consider to be a healthy living lifestyle right In 2020, with all the stress of the world compounding, the normal stresses that you already have from maybe a new job or relationship shifting or um, a friendship that, you know, distanced or anything that would normally be stressful, job changes, relationship changes, new baby, you know, kids moving out, any of that, the normal stress of life. During 2020, we experienced like worldwide, increased anxiety, stress, and a multitude of other issues. So I gave a presentation a few times this year called the five pillars of health. And I'm going to talk about that briefly. But before I do, you know, again, I'm reiterating what a mind body connection is. It is a new approach to health and wellness that explores the psychophysiology of how your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs actually impact your nutritional metabolism and health. It can reveal how stress physiology, the relaxation response, breathing, awareness, pleasure, food sensitivities, emotions, meal timing, and so much more actually influence your calorie burning and digestion, just the process of, you know, digesting your food and absorbing nutrients. So stress has an impact on that. So the number one first pillar I talk about is stress, fear, and worry. Like what is all this stress doing to our body? Diet or weight is a major focus for most people in regard to health. So a lot of times they just discount the effect of stress. They're not focusing on that. But stress not only puts you at greater risk for disease and heart attack, but it also actually makes you more resistant to weight loss because your body's producing too much cortisol in that stress hormone, the fight or flight stress hormone, which kind of causes things to be out of balance. So when you're stressing over your diet and nutrition, then the stress from that stress can counter be counterproductive. Um, so it helps to have a more relaxed approach to your plan for fitness or nutrition. Okay. And some facts of stress, the effects of stress on your body, starting with the brain, we already mentioned anxiety, depression, maybe panic attacks. Um, On the heart, you can have an increase in blood pressure or an increased risk for heart attacks. Your lungs, you can have Increased possibilities for asthma attacks or strained breathing, rapid breathing. Um, sometimes it also makes it feel like you're having heart palpitations, which sometimes are related to the anxiety. Of course, any of this. I'm not a medical professional. If you're having any symptoms that you're concerned about, absolutely see your medical professional about that. Also, stomach, this is a place that I really carried a lot of stress in my lifetime. Stomach pain, with or without ulcers, I did get diagnosed with ulcers at periods of time in my life, Um, you know, cramping, bloating, just different digestive system upsets with your stomach, and then in your bones even, your muscle aches, your joint pains, That's all can be indicated of stress, and what are some, like, behaviors that indicate you may be under stress Um, even if you think you're not are you more accident prone lately have you lost your appetite or increased your appetite loss of sex drive or are you making more poor decisions maybe drinking more maybe you have insomnia or restlessness maybe you've picked up smoking or other bad habits that you had recently you know maybe put down and in your mind you could be having nightmares difficulty making decisions Um, focusing on negative things and making quick impulsive decisions, you know, impaired judgment, worrying too much. And in your body, you could be experiencing headaches, frequent infections, your muscles could be tight, you could be having muscle twitches. I've been experiencing that like your eye twitching or a muscle in your stomach or your arm just kind of twitching. It's a weird feeling but (laughs) that's been happening. Um, Fatigue, skin irritations, breathlessness, Um, And then in your emotions, you know, a lack of confidence, being more irritable, having apathy where you just really don't care about the things that you cared about before, being more apprehensive to do things that you used to do. All of those are indicated that you may be experiencing the effects of stress. And stressful eating, a lot of people say they're emotional eaters or they stress eat. Some people don't eat when they're stressed. I was always a stress eater. When I would get stressed, I would reach for food um, and it gave me comfort. Um, Or it was just instinctual. I would get stressed out and start reaching, like on a phone call for work and then start reaching around on my desk looking for a snack. But I want you to put a new way of thinking around emotional eating because we are human and we are therefore emotional because we're emotional beings some more than others but eating brings pleasure and eating brings us nourishment and eating actually reminds us of comfort and security and even as babies and infants when they cry they get fed and so they're crying they're upset they're unhappy they get fed they're nourished they're safe they're happy Okay. So it is biologically wired in us to have this stress meets pleasure, food calms us and that is like wired into us. So stress eating, you know, is not always a bad thing. It I don't I want you to try to kind of not have that connotation around emotional eating. Um but if we're making poor decisions because we're stressed, then what do we need to do? make better decisions, but if we're stressed and we're unable to make those better decisions because we're stressed, then we need to learn to de-stress. Are you hearing me? That's why I put it as number one of any homework assignment for clients or myself. Um, I was in a very chronically stressed for years state of being, and it takes its toll. Even when you are doing the other wheels of the house, you know, properly. So definitely have to address that. If you don't address that, but you clean up your your diet or your exercise, you're still counterproductive because you're not managing the stress and putting your body in an optimal state to digest your food and absorb your nutrients so some tips for managing stress especially right now i mean we're still unable to necessarily meet in person and hug our loved ones and things like that so number one right now especially still watch less news get off social media or at least take social media breaks i've set a timer on my phone that will alert me if i've spent an hour a day on social media sites it will say hey And even if you ignore the alert and you get on anyway, it's putting a seed in your brain that this is how much you've already been on social media and it starts registering that you'll put your phone down more and more. Put your phone away in another room. One of the reasons I got an Apple Watch is so that I could put my phone in another room but still get the important phone calls and texts from my family, right, without getting sucked into the social media. I'm not saying everybody has to buy an Apple Watch, but what I'm saying is figure out a way to cut the tie and not be on it so much. So what do you do instead? Read or engage in positive, enjoyable activities and hobbies that you already know and love read a book, watch a show. I've watched more TV (laughs) in the last year, because I've gotten into shows that help me like relax and and spend time with my husband in that positive way being home so much. But also most importantly, in my opinion is to move your body in any way. Um, I saw Drew Barrymore do a live on Instagram the other day. And she's like, if you feel stuck, Just move and she put on music and was like jumping around and dancing around and acting like a crazy person. And I'm telling you, there is something physical that happens that helps unlock that stuck part of your brain when you're kind of freezing up from this stress and emotion. Okay. Whether you feel it or not, that's happening. Okay. So move your body. I don't care if you are just jumping around or if you're doing a formal fitness plan or exercise class or DVD, whatever. But move your body, shake it out. No one's home, no one's watching, shake it out. Smile, I want to see how many of you just smiled because I said that word. That is how powerful that the words that we say are. If I can say the word smile and it made you smile, That's powerful, right? So get up and move your body. Um, Try to focus on the positive things. Read things that you enjoy. Read positive and uplifting. Um, If you are going to be on social media, try to follow some positive and uplifting accounts that you really enjoy and that make you laugh. Um, Get out in sunshine or out in nature as much as possible. This is good for us. We are meant to be outside, as creatures, you know, of of this planet. And we need to get out and breathe the air and see the birds and look at the trees and all the beautiful colors. I am a huge proponent of therapy. If you are not down for a therapist, then talk to a supportive friend. But note when I say supportive friend, and it's not a negative Nelly that's just going to whine with you and wallow in your pity party with you. It's someone who's going to help you shake it off and get up and get moving and do the good things. And a professional with therapists, I always like, because it is an unbiased third party. You can talk to them about anything um, that is confidential. And it's not like saying something to a friend who may then later be looking you know at your situation in different light in a personal way you know so it does help I think to talk to therapists plus that's what they went to school for that's what their expertise is in you have a dentist I think everyone should have not just a dentist and a doctor but a therapist a massage therapist and a chiropractor <laughs> as well anyway also yoga meditation or breathing That could fall under the fitness category, but meditation and just breathing exercises, the breathing apps that are on your phone, meditation apps that you can download, those are all helpful to manage the stress. The coloring books for meditation as adults, like coloring, whatever it is that calms you down, do those things. And then get more rest and relaxation. If you were like me and you had overbooked your schedule from morning to night before, COVID probably helped free up your schedule quite a bit unless you were, you know, a teacher or a frontline health worker. But if your schedule freed up a lot this year, I hope you got more rest and relaxation. And if not, I hope that's a goal for you for 2021. And then eat more healthy foods and healthy fats. That, that helps manage the stress that is happening in your body massage acupuncture float therapy there are so many ways that are so awesome to manage stress and another one of my favorite homework assignments to give someone i'm working with is a pleasure inventory things that bring you joy things that you enjoy doing things that no matter how small or big for me it could be the smell of honeysuckle or a trip to the grand canyon like Those things bring me joy. You know, reading a book, a fuzzy blanket, warm towels from the dryer, a nice pillow, like an excellent meal, time with a girlfriend. Like just make that list because it's so good for your brain to focus on those things that you love and that you enjoy. And also I think it's helpful for when you get froze or stuck or depressed to pull up that list and pick something off that list that brings you joy to do. Whether it's a crossword puzzle, a game night with your family, or vegging out with a movie. I think those are all helpful. All right, we're only on number two. I promise this will move faster, but nutrition. Good nutrition starts with simple one ingredient or less foods. In other words, foods that don't need a label. You know, lean proteins, fruits, vegetables, nuts. There are plenty of healthy, not too processed foods that thanks to their ability to satisfy, they're actually gonna help you stick to your diet. So the more the satisfying foods have good fiber like fruits and vegetables or whole grains and nuts, then the more satisfied you're gonna be anyway. So if you can start with as many foods that you don't have to read a label for, that's the foundation for success with your nutrition. Half your plate should be fruits and vegetables at every meal. I think this is fairly easy for people to do at dinner maybe, But what about breakfast? How often do you get some vegetables in at breakfast? This is when protein smoothies and oatmeal with berries, there's different ways to, spinach in your omelet, there's different ways to sneak it in um, to get the fruits and vegetables. I also have a supplement, not a supplement, but a product that helps supplement your diet with the whole foods in a fruit and veggie capsule form. I I already mentioned the five steps to conscious eating before in another podcast, but in case you didn't listen to that, the purpose of these five steps to conscious eating is to have that mind body connected eating during your meals. And its purpose is to decrease the stress response. So the five steps again, real quick, make the conscious choice to eat, no mindless eating and snacking, Second, decide what you're going to eat. Being intentional about your choice of food at your mealtime. Three, relax and enjoy the meal. Give thanks, eat slowly, and focus on the sights, the smell, the taste of the food. Listen for feedback, and that doesn't necessarily mean audibly. It means your digestion, bloating, any feedback that you would get from your system. Um, Then release the meal that means you made the intentional choice you ate it you enjoyed it you listened for awareness of feedback of how did your body react to that food and you let it go the guilt the shame the shoulds the shouldn'ts just let it go and give your no other thought to that meal until it's time to eat again number three hydration dehydration happens when your body doesn't have as much water as it needs and without enough your body can't function properly symptoms are headaches fatigue muscle cramps irritability so you should hydrate with at least a daily water goal of about half your body weight in ounces so if you're 160 pounds you're aiming for 80 ounces of water if you're 200 pounds you're aiming for 100 ounces of water you can use a water tracker or a large bottle there's all kinds of tricks to track how much you're drinking but if you're just being more intentional about drinking more water, I don't really care how you're tracking it. But if you tracked one day and you were like, oh, wow, this is about typical for me and this is not much at all, then you will have an awareness, again, about what, how much you're drinking and increase that. And obviously you can tell if you're drinking more because you're going to the bathroom more, right? It never ceases to amaze me how many times someone will complain of a headache and I'll ask them if they've had any water and their answer will be no coffee, soda, monster, whatever. And it's like step number one, drink some water. Your body's headache is a signal automatically that you're dehydrated. It's like watering the plant, So go ahead and get your water in. Number four, fitness, exercise, and movement. I've talked about this already. But less active people are at a greater risk for developing high blood pressure and diseases, type 2 diabetes, etc., And lack of physical activity can also add to those feelings of anxiety and depression. I get it. I know it's a catch-22. You don't feel like doing anything when you don't feel like doing anything. But that's where having an accountability partner helps. That's when being part of a fitness group helps or a gym because people are there counting on you. Accountability partners are probably the most successful way, in my opinion, that people show up to work out. Um, they won't do it for themselves, but they'll do it for someone else. So get a buddy. Let's see. And there are different types of exercise. There's strength training. You should probably the ideal guidelines are that you should strength train about thirty minutes, two to three days a week. You should do aerobic cardiac cardio activity like fifteen to thirty minutes. At least three times a week, but as many days as possible. I aim for 30 minutes a day of some sort of physical activity. Balance, especially the older you get, maybe do that a day or two a week where you're working on balance. Um, It's very good for functional actions, especially when you sit so much or you're aging. And then stretching. Oh my gosh. Not only does it feel good, but it is excellent for preventing injuries when you are trying to work out. Number five, the last pillar is sleep and on a short term lack of sleep does have an immediate effect on your mental and emotional state but over the long term it can contribute to a whole host of chronic health conditions from diabetes to obesity and immune problems and an increased risk for cancer so if you're surviving on like four or five hours of sleep a night or you're sleeping in bed you're in bed like seven to nine but you're actually not sleeping you need to try to make that a priority as well. So some tips for getting better sleep. Increase your exposure to the sun during the day, getting that vitamin D, and then reduce any blue light at night. Like I was saying earlier, get off your phone, don't be on the TV, do a puzzle, meditation, color, read, anything that could be relaxing and calming before bed, but get away from the electronics. Obviously reduce caffeine, sugar, and alcohol at night. Um, consistent bedtime routines, this is probably the number one thing that works for me when I have had issues. And it's the simplest thing to do. But it's also the simplest thing to not do. Because we get out of habits. And if you're not a creature of habit, it's hard to set a routine. But if you go to bed the same time every night and start waking up at the getting up at the same time every night, your body gets into this like subliminal of, oh, if I go put on an essential oil and rub my feet with lotion every night while I'm stretching next to my bed, then I'm signaling my body that this is what we do every night before we sleep. And it's giving it the the yellow light to slow down and start to relax. Um, it is something that takes a, a few days or a week to get really going and for it to work, but it truly, truly works. Um, we just get so impatient. We are this instant society that wants to just pop a pill, take something. We just want it to happen easily and instantly. And it, it takes a little bit of effort on our part to do some of the things um, that require good habits. But keep your area for sleeping as cool and clean that's comfortable for you. If stress, if clutter doesn't bother you, that's fine. If you clear the clutter and it calms you then that's a good sign that you need a a you know a clutter-free relaxed sleeping zone okay and then the relaxation the deep breathing stretching and meditation getting regular physical activity will wear you out a little more for rest too if your body hasn't moved then it can't necessarily get tired. You know, our bodies need to kind of be pushed a little some so that they can get tired, um, but not too strenuous of workouts late at night. And then obviously no late eating. Your body needs to be in the rest and repair mode, not in, di- not digesting food. That's one of the reasons that it talks about not eating late. It's because of your system actually requires that time to rest, repair, and, um, you know, reboot for the next day. If you think of yourself like a computer that you're, or like your phone, you're charging yourself at night. It's its only job is to charge. And I hope these five pillars for health were helpful for you. I would love it if you would share this episode with someone that you care about and follow me at Rise Revolution Mind Body on Instagram. I also have a business page, Rise Revolution. Look me up. And my website is www.nkyhealthcoach.com. As always, thanks for listening again, and I hope to talk with you soon.